uh, so I want to preach, I want to get into this teaching, not really preaching, but a teaching this morning. I want your spirits to be open. I'm going to go through scriptures. I'm going to tell you which uh, way to keep your line of thought. But I want you to listen to this because I'm going to give truth. Are you guys with me? And uh, for too long, the church has preached that there's a God that is far away. There's a heaven that is distant and in future. Yet Paul was trying to get a mystery through to people, saying that you are seated in heavenly places while you are on this earth. Meaning there's a realm and a place where we understand that it is not a God is going to come on a rescue mission one day and take us out here to a fantasy place far, far away where there's going to be clouds and uh, I don't know, unicorns or whatever people think. And it is the separation of the squires that are worshipping and this mindset or image that has been given to us from a children's church, from when we were in children's church. And because of that, the church has been created a mindset of religion. And they cannot accomplish things like the world did. Even Jesus said these words. He said, the sons of darkness has more practical wisdom, has more phronesis, uh, 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 practical wisdom than the children of light. I'm going to say it again. Jesus' own words, quote unquote, the sons of God darkness has more wisdom than the sons of light. Because there's something that the enemy tries to remove from you. It's called light. The moment light is removed, and we're going to get a little bit more into that tonight, and you'll see how light came at four times to Abraham. And the moment light came four times to him, something else was given to him. And Paul is trying to tell us there's a light that God has for you that will allow you to see an inheritance, a calling. But without that light opening up your eyes, it is like you are a person that can see, but you're stumbling in darkness. And you're missing a blessing that is right in front of you. Are you guys with me? And the church preached and we say, oh, we are blessed with spiritual blessings. Listen. Spiritual blessings isn't going to do anything for me while I'm on earth. And my treasure in heaven is not going to do a lot of things for me while I'm on earth. If that is there, that is fine. That's when I'm going to get there. But what is happening right here? What am I receiving right here, right now? Are you guys with me? So we quote a scripture, especially when we don't have money, then we say, oh no, God has blessed me with every spiritual blessing. I'm blessed with spiritual blessings. Well... Where's, where's, it, where's, where's the physical? Are you guys with me? And the reason we have this is because wrong doctrine has been preached. And we think that God is far away. We think that, uh, we think that in fact, the, the Bible says that we have been brought near. Say with it, brought near. By the blood. Meaning He is no longer far away. He is not a God that is hiding. He used to hide in the Old Testament. He said to Isaiah, I am a God that hides myself. But in the new covenant, say with me, a new covenant, a new contract has been drafted. A new contract has been drawn up. It is no longer the contract of the Old Testament. It is a total new covenant, a new contract, which means He has brought you near by His blood. It is no longer that I have to do one, two, three, four, five 
to get into the presence of God. No, 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 no. Those things, all requirements, so the all requirements has been wiped away, has been abolished. All requirements. In fact, the Bible says the handwriting of requirements held against your name has been wiped clean. Are you guys with me? And many Christians backslide and they move away from God because in their mind, they need to do works. So it is not to eat the band. I'm just saying that there's songs that we have to remove because we sing these songs that put us in a place of complete depravity and that we can never do anything unless God is involved. It's not whether we need God. Of course we need God. But it is what we don't see what you already have. And where the devil can blind you from what God has already given you to think, make you think an inheritance is coming which is already given to you. Are you guys with me? Let, let's, go to, let's go to somewhere. Let's, I'm, I, so what I'm going to do right now, I'm not going to be preaching and talking in a conversation where I'm gonna, uh, I want to go through the Scriptures. Maybe I'm not going to do everything, but I'm going to try to get the main thought through because I want this to be a teaching. That is all that you can receive this morning. Let's go to John chapter number 12, verse 22. John chapter number 12, verse 22. Put in the new, uh, 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 put in the King James Version, that's fine, we'll try that. But um, just, I want you, what you need to do right now, don't be expecting to jump up or, or I want to take you through scriptures, a line of thought to bring truth. I have never seen people so confused than it is in the church, really. So I want to take you a line of scripture through to see what Jesus came to preach, who you are right now where God is right now. Because we have a thing, we think the Holy Spirit is in us. But you don't understand the fullness of God is in you. Are you guys with me? Let's go to John 12, 22. Philip comes. Wait, let's go to verse 20. Verse 20. And there were certain Greeks. And the reason I'm using King James Version is just because of certain wording that I want to bring out here. Uh, and there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was at Bethsaida at Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Say with me, we would see Jesus. Basically what they're saying in the New King James, he says, we want to see Jesus. Are you guys with me? This is a deep message. I hope it's not going to go over your heads. If you're visited, if you come once every four months, you're going to be lost in two minutes from now. I'm not going to be preaching right now to lost fish or any, this is a message that is going to give you your identity. So please stay with the line of thought. If you have a Bible, read this with me um, or take notes. If they say, we want to see Jesus. Say with me, we want to see Jesus. Philip comes and tells Andrew and Andrew and Philip tells Jesus. And Jesus answered them saying, so they said to Jesus, listen, there's people that want to see you. And Jesus answered them by this. He said, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So they'd be glorified. But He didn't answer their question. They said, listen, there's some people want to see you. And Jesus said, my hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Say with me, see Jesus. So now, remember this. Jesus is answering them where they say they want to see Him. Are you guys with me? Don't be deader than Centurion this morning. Uh, we want to see Jesus. 
Jesus answers them in verse 24. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. So Jesus is saying to them this. He says, listen here, they cannot see me unless I die. Because when I die, I'm going to bring forth much fruit. Let me change the, 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 the explanation. I'm going to bring forth many more that is like me. So that if they want to see Jesus, if they want to see me, they cannot see me now. I have to die so that they can see me in many others. And I can bring forth fruit of many others. Are you guys with me? Hmm. Jesus was at the moment referring to himself as the corn of wheat that falls and has to die. Meaning he was saying, I am the tabernacle. I'm the temple. I am the, I am the dwelling place, he was saying at the moment. I'm the one when the Spirit abides. The Father is in me. I am in Him. We are one. He says, but as long as I'm here, you only have me. But if you want to see me wherever you are, you don't do it by appointment. Because as long as I'm here, you have to do it by appointment. You can only see me. But wait till I die because I have to die so that you don't just look at me but you will see many like me let's go to verse 34 sorry verse 32 verse 32 and if I be lifted up speaking of his death from the earth I will draw all men unto me this he said signifying what death he should die referring to his cross verse 34 the people answered him we have heard out of the law that Christ abides forever. Now listen to this. They said, but wait, you say you're going to die, but we have heard the law says that Christ will live forever. They didn't understand there was a difference between Jesus and Christ. Christ never left the planets. Are you guys with me? Jesus left the planets. Christ is the Holy Spirit, the Christos, the anointing, the anointed one that has come and mantled you if you believe in Jesus Christ and you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. That is why Paul says there is a mystery that has been kept hidden for ages but has now been revealed to us who? The church. And he said this mystery, mysteron, sod in the Hebrew, is a secret, is Christ in us, the hope of glory, that it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ that lives and dwells in me. So where is God in me? He's not in heaven. Are you guys with me? I know I'm just going to be silent this morning because I haven't even started yet. The Bible says, where is eternity? Eternity is locked up in every man. So they said, we're looking for a Christ that has to abide forever. And how do you say you're the son of man that should be lifted up, but yet you're going to die, but you don't... You're not going to live forever. Let's go to verse 35 in the Amplified. Then Jesus said to them, you will have the light only a little while longer. You guys probably didn't do the words, say, David? Okay. So Jesus said to them, you will have the light only a little while longer. While 
you have the light. Keep on living by it. So that darkness may not overtake and overcome you. He who walks about in the dark does not know where he goes and drifting. Verse 36. While you have the light, believe in the light. Have faith in it. Hold to it. Rely on it. That you may become sons of light and be filled with light. That you may become sons of light and you may be filled with light. Jesus said so that you may be sons of God and be filled with God. Jesus said these things and then they went away and hid himself from them. They lost their view. So Jesus saying, the minute I die, I'm going to bring forth many like me. He says, I am the light, but when I go, you will be sons of light. So it is expedient for me to go. Are you guys with me? Let's jump to Hebrews 2 verse 9. Hebrews 2 verse 9. Now listen to this. What Paul is saying, read this for me. Say, but. Stop there. Read it again. Now they came to Jesus in John and they said, we want to see Jesus. And Jesus said, you cannot see me. I have to die. And when I die, I bring many like me. Now Paul comes, which I believe Paul is the writer of Hebrews. He comes in Hebrews chapter number 2 verse 9. And he says, but we see. So we are able, we are able to, see to see Jesus. How do we see Him? 2 Corinthians 3 verse 8. You don't have to put it on, but it says, we behold the glory as in a mirror. Reflecting. Who do you see when you look in a mirror? So he says, when we look in the mirror, we behold the glory. And as we behold the glory, as we see ourselves as in a mirror, we are changed into that same image that we are seeing through another perspective. Meaning that people cannot see really who they are. They need to see from, from an outside perspective. Because the glory doesn't come down from heaven upon you. The glory rises out of you like rivers of living water flowing out of your belly. Are you guys with me? So, so let's go on verse nine, as we are verse 9. So he says, but we see Jesus, who was ranked lower than the angels for a little while, crowned with glory and honor because of his having suffered death, in order that by the grace of God to us as sinners, he might, next verse, follow me, he might experience death for every individual. Let's go to verse 10. For it was an act worthy of God and fitting to the divine nature that he for whose sake and by whom all things have their existence say with me in bringing many sons into glory so he's saying the very reason for Jesus existence is to bring many sons into glory let's go to verse 11 for both he who sanctifies making men holy and those who are sanctified all have one Father. Say we have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren. So God is your Father. Jesus is your brother. The Holy Spirit is your friend. Jesus came as your brother to take you to our Heavenly Father. Jesus is the begotten Son. We are the adopted Son. Are you guys with me? And there are many other creators, son, but Jesus is the begotten son, the only begotten son of the Father. Moses was a son. Wait. 
Every 2,000 years, God sends a son. So Moses was, Adam was the first son of God. I'm not saying they are next to, next to Jesus because He's the only begotten. So there were many created. Adam was the first son. He failed. Are you guys with me? 2,000 years later, Moses comes. Moses says, there will be a prophet coming like me. And you must listen to him. And when you do, you'll be healed. But there's a prophet coming like me. He doesn't say there's one coming that I am like him. Are you guys with me? He said, another one will come like me. So 2,000 years after Moses, we get Jesus. Jesus comes. He fulfills what Moses couldn't fulfill. But the thing is, Moses fulfilled type of the covenant that he was in. Every 2,000 years, there was a shift of covenants. Are you guys with me? Abraham never lived in the covenant of the law. There was a covenant of grace that he was in. That's why he could believe with faith unto righteousness sake. That's why he was called the friend of God because of his faith. Then the law came in and then Jesus came and he shifted that covenant. And then 2,000 years after Jesus came, you'll find the church right now where the Bible says the church is a full man-child, which means every 2,000 years it was Adam, then it was Moses, then it was Jesus. And then God said, I'm not going to keep sending one and one to try to be a deliverer. I'm going to take my son and make many. And 2,000 years later, not one son of God will come, but many sons of glory will come, which is the moment you receive the Holy Spirit and the moment you believe on Jesus Christ, you become a son of God. Are you guys with me? I appreciate understand that some people are unable to understand or to rejoice. It is okay. If it opens your eyes, you will rejoice. If the truth is being preached, the devil has lied to you and religion has lied to you. The most dangerous thing on this earth is religion. The devil found the perfect thing to control people by, which is this word here. Are you guys with me? He tried it with Jesus. He went into the wilderness and he tried to take the word against him. So what, have, what has the world done? What, is, what has religion done? Religion has taken this word and crucified the one who was the word. Are you guys with me? Many people, even I think it's Wycliffe, John, one of them, that would interpret or translate the Bible from its original language into a common language of people today, the church would crucify them, burn them at the stake like a witch. Because the church has to continually hide what they don't really have to pretend they have something they don't have. That is religion. Moses did it under the law. I'll get to that now. He goes with me. Let's go, to, let's go to on John 12, 46. So our main line of thought will be through the book of John. Okay. I might just jump to one or two verses outside of John, but the main line of thought is going to be through John, what Jesus is saying. And if this is not what you expected this morning, I'm very sorry. But it sets the foundation that people can understand that we're not waiting for one visitation only. Here and there. That sometimes God chooses to visit me, visit me sometimes not. That's not what the Bible says. John 12, 46. 
I have come as a light into the world, so that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And I know that His commandments is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as I the Father said unto me, I speak. Let's go John 13 verse 1. Now before the feast, a king, put in the King James for me. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. Therefore, when He was gone out, Jesus says, Now the Son of Man, uh, now the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him. What He was speaking about is glorification. Say with me, death. So let's go verse 31. Let me read again verse 31. Listen to this. Again verse 31. It says, Therefore, when he was gone out, say gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. What happened there is, as you read this verse, when it says, Now therefore, when he has gone out, it is speaking of Judas that has just left after he betrayed Christ. So after he has gone out, then Jesus says, now I can be glorified. Which means that, and then the Bible goes on and says, and then it was a night because it was a night for Judas after he has gone out. But he says, now the Son of Man can be glorified, meaning the one that is a betrayer amongst us. We need to get the one out that is disturbing the flow. And the moment we can get the one out that is a betrayer, unity and oneness and glory can restore to the church. And the glory comes when unity is restored and oneness is restored. Are you guys with me? Let's go to verse 33. So I'm staying in John. I'm just going, I'm just going to read you some of Jesus' words and we'll see if we finish or not. But I want to get a line of thought through or a line of uh, 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 truth through. Little children, Yet a little while I am with you. Say with me, a little while. He says, you shall seek me. And I said unto the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. I'm going to read it slowly. And I'm going to read through verses. And when I focus on a word, it is because I want you I want that word to connect to another word and I want it to spark in your mind. A new, say with me, a new commandment I give unto you. Now, he wasn't speaking to the Gentiles. He was speaking to the Jews. Are you guys with me? Before his death, he said, I give you a commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So we see that is in the commandment. A lot of people make that a requirement for salvation. It is never a requirement. It was a commandment that Jesus gave to the Jews specifically. He says, I give it unto you. Verse 35. You see, if you don't interpret this Bible correctly, you'll put religion down people's throats. You'll read a verse that says, uh, you know, uh, Drunkards cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And we think, okay, there's not a heaven if I, if I fall into this yet. We don't understand. Jesus still called them brethren. I, Paul still called them brethren in 1 Corinthians 5. Am I saying a person can be drunk? No, there's a lot of consequences. But people made up laws that because they read the Bible out of context, they don't interpret the Bible correctly. And because they don't interpret the Bible correctly, they read things that is not for them 
in a different time dispensation. It is the biggest mistake that can be done for interpreting Scripture. So people will throw at us, but you cannot lose your salvation because the Bible says, uh, he who overcomes and will be dressed in white, his name shall not be removed out of, out of the book of life. And he says, so God can remove your name. No, 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 it says he has overcome. Jesus overcame for us. We are wearing robes of righteousness and white robes because of him. And the Bible says his name will not be removed out of the book of life. So a lot of people say to you, your name can be blotted out of that book. There's no verse in the book of Revelation or even the New Covenant that says that. When it comes to true believers, are you guys with me? So let's go on, where are we? Verse 34, let's go to verse 35. It's gonna be a lot of verses this morning. It's gonna be a lot of verses this morning. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one to another. Verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, where do you go? Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now. Say with me now. You cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. So he's the whole time speaking about an event. He says to his disciples, just a little while, you cannot be with me. A little while, then I'll be with you. Not 2,000 years, a little while. There's words here that people took as if it is speaking of his second coming. No, 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 he came back to them a few chapters later. After he was resurrected, he appeared to them and he fulfilled everything that he was speaking here. Are you guys with me? He said, in a little while we shall eat bread together. And they didn't touch bread again. And then he got resurrected. He came and visited them. What did he do? He ate bread with them. And as the moment he broke that bread, they realized it is him. And the Bible says their eyes were opened and they knew it was him. Because he came to fulfill prophecy. Are you guys with me? So it is good to believe in the second coming, but it's not good to take scriptures and confuse because there's a difference between His appearing and His coming. And I'm going to get it through to you this morning. Are you guys with me? There's a difference with His appearing and His coming. So, and what we say is the second coming, we actually mean as the third coming, theologically correct. But it is okay. So where are we now? Verse 30, let's go to, verse, let's go to John chapter number 14, verse 1. So Jesus kept saying to them, a little while you cannot come with me now, but a little while later you will come with me. Afterwards you will come with me. But he kept saying to them in John 7, John 13, he kept saying to them, you cannot go where I'm going. You cannot come where I'm going. Meaning that where I'm going, it is forbidden for you to go. And I have to prepare something so that you can go there. Are you guys with me? What does he have to prepare? Verse number one, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, but also believe in me. Verse 2, amplified. Verse 2. In my Father's house, say with him, my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I am going to prepare a place for you. Now hold on there for me. Say with me, in my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. What he is saying is this. What does the Father's house mean? It is the church. So he's saying, in my church, there are many dwelling places, which is you. You're not catching it. So Jesus is saying, I have to go and prepare. In my Father's house, what? In the church, many dwelling places, which is your body, your spirits, 
because He dwells in you. You're doubting me? I'll get you 50 scriptures that'll tell you He dwells in you. He came, He says, me and my Father, we have made our home in you. So we think we're going to have a mansion one day in heaven. There's no scripture that even says streets of gold. There's one street, which was not a street, but called the highway of holiness, which is Jesus, which is the way. Why are you so silent? You guys thought in a fairy tale. People think we're going to walk in the streets of gold. Go read your Bible when you get home. There's one highway, which is the river, which in the middle of that highway in the street is a tree that is growing, the tree of life. And on both sides, and the Bible speaks of this river that is going through heaven. We touched it in the Garden of Eden. We touched on it as rivers coming out of the garden, rivers coming out of you. Adam's, Adam was in a garden where rivers came out, but Jesus says, out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your heart shall flow four rivers. Gishon, Pishon, and we can go through the different rivers because your heart has four chambers like there were four rivers in the Garden of Eden and out of your heart will flow four rivers. One will bring life, one will bring blessing, one will bring breakthrough, one will bring prosperity. It is the rivers that God has caused to be, and four everywhere, the Bible speaks of the number four, speaks of creation. So when there were four rivers coming out of Eden and flowing into the garden of God, onto this earth, it is speaking of the river of creation. Because whenever it's four, north, south, east, west, one, two, three, four, everywhere you see the number of four, it is speaking of creation. Are you guys with me? Four faces, the angel with the four faces. It is creation, man, beast, uh, and we can go on and on. So, so there are many dwelling places. What I'm going to try to get through, this is not going to get through this conference, but maybe directly after this conference. People come into church with so much condemnation. And then you judge others by the condemnation that you have. And you don't know that every thought of condemnation kills you. So when you look at somebody, every thought of condemnation kills them. Because of what? Doctrine, wrong doctrine. They think they're going to be judged for their sins. Nowhere does the Bible say you as a believer are going to be judged for your sins. In fact, the Bible says you've already been judged. And we shall not come into judgment. And by this we know that we have passed from death to life, that we have loved the brethren. Since when there's a love in you towards one another, you know that you are saved, that you have passed from death to life. When you want to be in church, there's a love in you, there's a desire in you for other believers. And by this you know that you have eternal life, that you have passed from death to life, and you shall not come into judgment. These are simple Bible basics that the church... You know, the church speaks of the first red moon, the second red moon, the third red moon. I don't know how many red moons we have had to have, but there's red moons every year. And every red moon, Jesus is coming back. But what does it do? It automatically paralyzes you to have a legacy in your business, to have a legacy in ministry, and to bring or build for generations. Because Jesus said, you occupy till I come back. Don't escape and hide away. And hoping that if Jesus comes back one day, you know, I heard people say this, 
And this is where I was like, no, 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 this is, this is, this is, something is wrong. People in our church began to use this wording. Yeah, you know, I'm going to do this business and that business if the Lord doesn't come back. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know when the Bible says the kingdom of God is at hand? It doesn't say at hand. In the Greek, it means in, in hand. Who's the hand of God? You. So when the kingdom of God is in hand, in your hand, it means it is up to the church. It's too much to preach for you right now. It's fine. Let's go to John 14 verse 3. John 14 verse 3. I can see by your, you're looking at me like Adam on Mother's Day. Mm. John 14 verse 3. The kingdom of God is in your hand. He said, my coming is at hand. The Greek says, in your hands. Because it is up to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that will bring the church to maturity, to prepare the church for a bride. And it is the church that chooses he is coming. Trust me in this. Uh, are you guys with me? We have made the church depleted. We have made the church not victorious. And we have made the church not overcomers. And the church is begging the world. And the world can accomplish more than the church. Yet we have the fullness of God in us. We have His glory in us. The Godhead that made not only the Holy Ghost, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost is where? Inside of you. And He's given you the keys of the kingdom of death, hell, and the grave. And the way that, how do you respond to this? Say with me, faith. There is a knowing and a rest in you. That you know that you know we have entered into the rest. That when I in my workplace, I can manifest Him. Because Jesus says, me and my Father will manifest ourselves to you. So when, he's, and He says, we will make our dwelling place in you. So that wherever you go, you can manifest Him. You can, you can reveal Him to others. Like Peter and John, in, John, in, in, in Acts chapter number 4 verse 13, they said, they said uh, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they knew that they were uneducated and untrained men, they knew they must have spent time with Jesus. Because wherever they go, they could manifest Him. They could bring His appearance. They can make Him visible. Meaning when people look at you, do they see Jesus? When they talk with you, do they hear or understand or see Jesus or get a revelation? When they leave your presence without you opening up a word or mentioning a word, if they leave your presence, can they say they felt something different there? Are you guys with me? Let's go to John 14. Verse, oh, we were John 14, verse 3. No, let's go to John 14, verse 3. And when, if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again, and I will take you to myself. 
Did he say he's going to take you to a place? Okay. That I may take you unto myself. That where I am, not where I am going, where I am, that there you may be also. But he's not speaking to you now. He's speaking to the generation that was before you. Are you guys with me? Which means don't read this and think, okay, he's coming back and then he's coming. No, 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 no. It's done. There's a coming of him coming. There's a second coming to a victorious church. Actually, a third coming because he came to his disciples when he said to them, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring you unto myself. Paul was trying to say, we are there already. We are able to see Jesus as he's bringing many sons unto glory. So the church is saying, oh Lord, take me out of here one day. Remove me out of this wicked world while He's given you this world to take over and to occupy so that you don't think two years, three years or five years, but you can think 40 years or 80 years. In eschatology, we will open up. That's why we're going to have a very important eschatology course. We will give you different views and so on. But I'll explain to you wordings. Every scripture that speaks of His coming. And we'll explain to you the differences when He came and where, how He is still coming. But people misunderstand. They don't understand He already came and fulfilled certain things so that you can walk in victory. That you're not under a law where you need, need, need. And you must do, do, do. You're under the new covenant where it says He has done, He has done, He has done. And you receive and receive and receive. That is the impossible good news. But it sounds impossible even to the Jew. Exactly. God came to bring this news to the Jew. Because the Jew was told to do all these things. 630 laws. And Jesus comes to the Gentile and says, the only thing you have to do is believe. Just believe. There were two people in the Bible that only two people that Jesus said, you have great faith. It was the centurion soldier. And we can say, okay, but why does he have great faith? Because he's a man under authority. We say he's a man over authority. That's all good. But there's another woman that he said he has great faith. She was a Syrophoenician lady, a home, uh, a, a home wife, for example, let's say. A housewife. She was not under authority or over authority. She didn't have soldiers under her or businesses in her hand. But Jesus says, you have great faith. The only two common uh, traits of them is that both of them were Gentiles, which means both of them had faith and both of them could tap into the grace of God. And when he could tap and he see that they could tap into the grace of God, he said, you have great faith. Great faith like this have I not seen on this earth. Why? That the ability to understand is grace. And God says Gentiles have the ability to understand His grace. Where the Jew doesn't understand because the Jew will be provoked unto jealousy. To say, but we had to do all these things here. There's a people coming that will inherit exactly what we have. And they've done nothing but believe. And God is saying, it is my jealousy. I'm doing it because I'm jealous of the Jew. And I want them to understand. That was Paul was trying to say this in the book of Hebrews. And he was trying to say all the sacrifices that the Jews are doing. Yet... And they were speaking and saying, those sacrifices are going to come to a close. 
and the temple will be destroyed. And we saw that in AD 70. And at AD 70, all the sacrifices in the Jew and in the Jewish uh, culture, people, stopped at AD 70. Are you guys with me? So let's, let's go on. Where, where are we? I can maybe get too close to the end if I did. I will get the line of thought through to you. Let's go to verse 4. Verse 4. Listen to this. Jesus saying, And to the place where I'm going, you know the way. Verse 5. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by or through me. So Jesus was kept saying, listen, it's only me who can go to the Father. When people came to Jesus, they didn't come to see the Father. They came to see him. And he said, it cannot carry on. It cannot carry on like this. I need to create, I need to go and die. I need to leave you so that I can come back and make many dwelling places. So that if somebody is looking for me, they don't have to seek me alone. They can come to one of my brothers, one of the dwelling places I created, and they can come and experience God. Which means that you no longer experience a visitation, but a habitation. Let's go Hebrews 10 verse 19. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Let me explain you something of communion. Hebrews 10 verse 19. And remember, I'm keeping a line of thought in the book of John. So we'll jump back to John right now. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, since we have full... Uh, let's put in the King James, King James Version. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. So with a boldness. To enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Verse 20, by a new, say with me, a new, not an old way. I am tired of sitting even with ministers and they're continually trying to live a new covenant by an old covenant terms and conditions. They want to live a new contract that Jesus came and gave. Listen, every shift that comes in mankind, a covenant is made between man and God. There was a covenant with Abraham. There was a covenant with Moses. There was a covenant with Jesus. And He brought us into that covenant. And we are a result of that covenant. So when you read the Bible by the law, by law of interpretation, you must never read it with an Old Testament terms and conditions. That covenant is broken. Are you guys with me? Meaning it's been fulfilled. It's completed. The age is over. We've entered into a new age called the age of a new covenant. Every covenant requires blood to be a covenant. The covenant with Abraham had blood when he took the two animal pieces. Are you guys with me? The covenant with Moses, there was blood. There was circumcision required. And when God wrote the, the tablets of the law on the stone, the Bible says the first time he wrote with the finger of God. It was not a stone, it was a sapphire. It was a stone, a sapphire that came out of the throne of God. Given to Moses and the finger of God came and wrote with fire on the sapphire. Because the sapphire is God's best stone. If you see, the Bible would say that it's on a mountain. Moses says, we have come to this mountain. We have come unto mountain. He's speaking of the mountain of Mount of Sinai. That 
you see the mountain is made out of sapphire where God's glory is. You are silent. Is it okay with you? Are you guys understanding? Let's go to, oh, let's go verse 20. Say with me a new way. So there's a new way. A new, say with me, a new and living way. Church, you are in a new way, not an old way. Meaning get out of the old and come into the new. By a new and living way which He has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say His flesh. So when you take communion, you take His blood and you take His flesh. You take the bread and you take the wine. Are you guys with me? What does it mean? We take communion like this. And we say, let's just look at all our sins. And we try to remember the Lord. And we try to think, visualize Him on the cross. That's how I've been taught for many years. And you feel so guilty. And then some are not allowed to take the thing if they have one sin, iota of sin in their lives. No, the Bible only says you're not allowed to take it if you're not, if you're not of the family of God. Because some of you have against, things against one another, but that is because there was, there, was, uh, there was some that was entered into the church that never, were never part of the church, that were never part of believers. And, but he, and now we take this blood and then we think, okay, now my sins... We have been taught, come, Alan has been taught, how many years? That we take that thing and you go home forgiven. But I thought God has forgiven you before that. So what does it do? It builds a subconsciousness in you. That God hasn't forgiven you unless you take that. No, 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 no. That is just recognition. Saying that we are part of Him. When you can take of that communion, it means He has part of you and you have part of Him. But it also means this, that every time you take it, Paul is saying in the book of Hebrews, he said, new and living way, the veil was torn, his flesh, which means as I eat the bread, I must have in my head that the veil between the outer courts, inner courts and the holy of holies, the veil which stopped people from experiencing God has been torn from top to bottom. And when it has been torn, that everyone who is in Christ has the ability to go into his throne has the ability to go into His presence. That a new and living way has been opened up for you. And every time you take communion, you see that, you think that now. You think of the new covenant. Are you guys with me? And when that veil was torn, what they hid there, what the Jews hid there, was never there. Because they tried to hide the Ark of the Covenant saying it was there, but it was never there. And tonight I'll explain to you the electricity that is locked up a little bit, or maybe in the week, that is locked up in the ark. Why Uzzah died and why others are died. I touched on a little bit, but there was priests that were governed to carry the ark. But they were not allowed to touch the ark because when they carried the ark, the priests, they were carrying it on wooden poles. It had to go into the rings of the ark the ark had to be lifted up. Why? The ark is a conductor of electricity. It had so much power in it 
that when they lifted up the ark, it was only four priests, four men, because the ark has to be connected with creation, with one, two, three, four. And it was four priests that carried it on their shoulders. They were not allowed to touch. But when the ark was about to tip, Uzzah came and touched it with both his hands. And when you touch something like this with both your hands, with electricity that is in there, it used him as a earth. And it touched the ground where the priest picked up the ark on a wooden pole. Uzzah touched it with his flesh. And the electricity of God, which is the power of God, went through him. Everything natural, everything spiritual, all things parallel. You can look at a river, a flowing river, and you can see the Holy Ghost. You can look at electricity and you can see the power of God. How it has worked, how is it switched on? How is it switched off? How do I switch the power of God on? By my faith, I switch it on. By my faith, by my lack of belief, my, my religion, my unbelief, I can switch off the power. So how does miracles break out? By faith. Are you guys with me? I switch on the power of God, by faith that is resident in me. But how? How do you know these things? By the teaching that we give. So say a new way. Let's go John 14. We're still in John 14, verse 8. I was going to be long. I want to finish this 10 past 12 to be out of here. I'm going to get this line of thought through to you. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, if it is us, if it's sufficient for us. Verse 9. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you? Just a little bit soft with the music. Have I been so long time with you? And yet, you have not known me, Philip. For if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And now you say, show us the Father. Jesus was trying to get a truth through you with a spiritual ear, church. He's saying, you see me, you see me, and you've never seen the Father. Let's go deeper. Now the verses, next verse is going to explain to you a few things that I've been preaching for the last half an hour. John 4 to verse 10. Verse 10. Believe thou not that I am the... Believe you, don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, He does the work. So if He dwells in... Okay, verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very word's sake. Verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater, so with the greater, works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And if Jesus goes to the Father, you're technically going to the Father. We're going to show you, show you now. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray to the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. That He, read that for me, that He. Does it say only for a certain time? He will abide for you, with you forever. A comforter is a friend. So the Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. Jesus is your brother. God is your father. You have been adopted into the family of God. 
and it is impossible for you to be unadopted after you've been adopted. When are you adopted? When you believe on Jesus Christ. You have been made sons of God. When you're born from above, born from heaven. If you understand this truth, you begin to feel the anointing in this place. Are you guys with me? Let's go to verse 17. Jesus was basically saying, I had it, but now you are in line to get it. I have to go so that I can come and make you sons of light. I am the dwelling place, but you are about to become the dwelling places. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. Wait. Say with me, you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Verse 19. Yet a little while. Say with me, a little while. Not many 2,000 years. He was speaking of his soon coming at that time that was going to be directly after his, res after his cross. He was resurrected and then he spent 50 days on the earth. Are you guys with me? He came and revealed himself to the disciples every seven days. Every Sunday, he revealed himself to his disciples, which means that's why we gather on Sundays. So this one Sunday he came, it was Peter. The next Sunday he came, it was disciples on the road of Ammonias. The next Sunday, it was other disciples. And on a Sunday, he appeared to them. Are you guys with me? Verse 19, yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. Verse 21, now it goes deeper. Listen to this. So what am I doing? We're just reading scripture. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he is... He it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. Now listen to this. And will manifest. Say with him, manifest. Manifest myself to him, meaning I will visit him. Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, another Judas. This is another Judas. Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us? How will you visit us, but not unto the world? They said, but how? So Lord, you're going to heaven, all these things you're saying. You're going to heaven, but how are you going to appear to us, but not appear yourself to the world? I'm going to repeat this. You're not getting it. Are you guys with me? Judas, not Iscariot. Judas is saying to him, Lord, you're going to come and appear. We're expecting this great appearance. But how are you going to appear to us and, not, and the world doesn't see you or see this appearance? And Jesus answered them. Verse 23. If a man love me, he will keep my words and my Father will love him. And we, say we, now Jesus and the Father, we will come unto him and make our abode. Let me change it. Make our dwelling. Make our house Make the place where we live, not visit. Make the place where my throne will be, where we live, our house with Him, habitation. 
So he says, this is how we will visit you and how the world will not see it, but you will see it. You will become the house of God and you will house me and my Father. We will dwell in you and you will dwell in us. Are you guys with me? He says, this is how you see his appearance. This is how you see it. That's why Paul was saying, but we are able to see Jesus. For when I look at the glory of the Lord, I behold as in a mirror. I behold the glory and I'm changed into that same image. So where's the glory? Say it again. Where's the glory? So we must stop singing glory come down. Come on. We must say glory come out. Glory reveal yourself. Flow out. Flow out of my belly. Are you guys with me? What am I doing? I'm just giving you Jesus words. Only two chapters. Let's go verse 26. But the Comforter, the Friend, the Holy Ghost, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I've said unto you. Let's go to chapter 15, John 15, verse 16. Mm, let me see. No, it's fine. Let's go to John 16, verse 5. John 16, verse 5. But now I go my way to Him that sent me, and none of you asked me. I might finish this a little bit tonight, the, the punchline at the end, just because I don't want to rush it. Where you go is you. Verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. Say with me, expedient. It is vitally important. It is necessary for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Remember, the Comforter is also the Christ. Are you guys with me? He's the Spirit of Christos, the Anointed One. Uh, let's, let, let, I'm going to read through another verse. Let's go to John 17, verse 1. Oh wait, let's go to verse, verse 6. Let's go from verse 6. I'm jumping a few verses because I want to see how I can get this in. John 17, verse 6. I have manifested my name unto the men which you gave me. He's speaking to his father now. Out of the world. That they were and that you gave them to me. And they have kept your words. For I have given unto them the words which you gave me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them. Jesus is saying, I don't pray for the world, but I pray for them which you have given me. For they are yours. And all mine are yours. And all yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. Say, Jesus is glorified. Uh, say it like you, like you want to say. Say, Jesus is glorified. In me. Not in the church. In you. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those who has given me, that they may be one. Say with you, one. As we are one. Now, let me, let me, let me. Let's verse 21. Let me read you verse 21. Jump to verse 21. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and in you, that they also may be one in us, 
that the world may believe that you have sent me. So he's saying the only way the world is going to believe is if I am in them and they are in us and we are one together with them. That when the world look at the church, they see God. That when the world look at a believer, they see Jesus and they see God. They see God in a believer. Does God, can the world see God in you? Now verse 22, listen to this. It just gets better, verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, so you have a glory, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and thou in me. I and them, and you are in me, and they may be made perfect. So with him, perfect. You are perfect in him. So Jesus is saying, I have come, I have to go die. I'm a corn of wheat that has to fall to the ground and die so that I can bring many sons unto glory, so that I can make many sons of light, so that many may be born after me. Are you guys with me? And then he's saying this, he says, Father, you have to be in me so that the world can see us. As, but I have to, me and you have to be in the believers and they have to be in us. And only that way will the world be able to see him. So Jesus is saying, I have to become invisible. I have to move from visibility to invisibility, to make you invisible, to change you from invisibility to visibility. Now hold on. He says, I'm shifting from being visible. I have to go die and become invisible so that I can make you who are invisible to the world. When the world looks at you, they see nothing. That I can make you visible. That the world can see truly who you are, who I am. And Jesus said, unless I go to be with my Father and I live in you, the world will never see who I am. Are you guys with me? So he says, I'm going from visible to invisible, that you can go from the invisible to the visible so that we can manifest around you, that we can make ourselves our dwelling place in you. Are you guys with me? So Jesus is saying we must rejoice. It is expedient. But let me jump. I want to close off with a few verses to explain to you. Say with me, I am the dwelling place. So Jesus said, I have to go to make many dwelling places in my Father's house. So this is His house. We are dwelling places in His house. There are many rooms in a house. Many members in a body. You don't do in a kitchen what you do in a living room. You don't do in a bathroom what you do in a kitchen. Every room has a specific purpose. My father's house has many mansions, which actually is translated correctly, rooms and dwelling places. Are you guys with me? But people think and wait for an visit for a mansion one day in heaven. Get a mansion here on earth. Why you want to wait for a mansion one day? And you haven't even read the Bible to see if there really is a mansion. There will be mansions in the life you're after, but it is relative to a lot of things that is not, it's, if you understand where we're going into, even with a millennial reign, and there will be a millennial reign, a thousand year reign, whether that is spiritual or physical, that number that is, that will explain on the eschatological course. But there's a millennial reign where the Bible says there will be no death, Lion and the lamb will lie next to one another. There's a lot of meanings to that. But it says this, that each one will still work. It says each one will still work. 
Some will be over others. Others will be under others. That's what it says. Many says you're still going to have a boss. Your boss is still going to, you know, still have a lot of money and some might still have less money, even in the millennial. Are you guys with me? Then even after that, in the new earth and the new heavens, whether we are right now or it's going to come, that's a big argument. It's not, it's not really a big important point. But when that comes, life will become eternal, but it is going to go on in the manner that it is now from its original intent. So when God made Adam and Eve, He made it with an original intent to keep the garden, tend the garden, maintain the garden, which means work in the garden, which means after eternal life, There's still going to be work. There's still going to be work. I mean, after this life, I'm not saying after eternal life, in eternal life. I can go through Scripture and Scripture and Scripture. Yes, the curse will be lifted. Yes, there will be no toil, but there'll be, I think a lot of people will be shocked when they get there. And realize, but this is almost the same. I can see the glory of God. He's in the, the, he's, there'll be no sun, it'll be the glory of God. And I can also get into all those things of Solomon's temple and we are the body and etc. But let's leave that for now. But this idea that heaven is going to be blissful, flying with angels, is a thing that has been made up to keep the church limited and to not occupy while Islam, the world, everybody is occupying everything, owning everything. And the Christians is nothing because they believe in a doctrine that has been made up in eschatology. And I want, I want the whole church to sign up for the eschatological course. We'll get to it. It might be in a four months, five months. Uh, we will explain to you the different views. I will explain where certain things has come in as a lie, which people full-heartedly believe right now. Now there's many different views and you have to choose which one for you you feel is the most accurate. And that has got nothing to do with the church denomination or anything like that. Uh, that is why eschatology is so important. That is why Jesus, but Paul says that we are a new creation in Christ. What new creation is kainos. And I preached a whole year on this last year that you are the Kainos creation, the 42nd generation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, the Christ generation, the hidden generation, the secret and the mystery that has been revealed unto Paul. The, the ones that the prophets have seen all the Old Testament and the angels spoke about and spoke to uh, priests of old and prophets of old was you. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, a people is coming full of light, out of darkness, Isaiah chapter number 60, and the glory of the Lord, a light arise and shine for your light has come. And then Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are the city on a hill, not living in a city. You are the city. I'll close off tonight with a little bit, but let's go to Colossians 1 verse 19. I need to just bring a little bit of a balance. Colossians 1 verse 19. I know there's a lot of scriptures that might be too much for most here. But what does it say? You need to get into the Word. The Word needs to become alive. Jesus walked on the road of Ammonaeus with His disciples. And the Bible says that He closed their eyes. He allowed them not to know that it was Him. And then He just opened up the Word to them. 
because he needed them to find him in the word and not by experience. A lot of people want to see him and find him by experience and they can't open the word and find him in the word. And the Bible says that Jesus opened up the scriptures to them, explaining and revealing himself in every book of the scriptures, in every part of the scriptures. So when he was walking the road of Emmanuel, he said, when Moses lifted up the bronze serpent, it was me that was lifted up. But they were not allowed to see him. And he would begin to explain himself in the Old Testament, coming through the laws and the prophets. And everywhere he showed the type and the sudden, he said, all those things pointed to one that is me. So that when they opened and their eyes were opened, when he ate of the bread because it was a prophecy fulfilled, they realized it was him. The Bible says their hearts burned within them when he opened the scriptures. When the scriptures is correctly opened, it'll be like your heart is on fire. Like there's a fire in your heart. If it is not there, it means something there is not identifying with what it's supposed to be identifying. Colossians 1 verse 19, For it pleased the Father, that in Him, certainly it pleased God, that in Christ should be all fullness be dwelt. Let's go to, uh, let me carry on reading, verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of the cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, I'll kind of like close here. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and thou and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable. Say with me, holy. So you're not unholy. And unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Verse 25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26, now listen to what Paul is saying. Even the mystery which has been hid, say with me, hidden. The mystery is the mysteron, and the Hebrew, I believe it is sought the secret. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to whom? To His saints. So there's a mystery, there's a secret that has been made manifest. This was the gospel that Paul received. Paul received the gospel of grace and to let people know there's a mystery. It is Christ in you. We have preached a gospel where he says, no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And I'm crucified with Christ. And we preach it, but we keep saying, I have to die to all my things. But you're ignoring the fact that Christ lives in you. That he has made his dwelling inside of you. There is a glory that must be revealed when you open your mouth. That is why I'm saying we have to shift when it comes with songs from just pleading and begging God to come in to a place of manifesting Him. That is why David used a certain key in a musical note, because it is a key that is speaking of the dwelling, the abode, the temple of God, the tabernacle, the key of David. So a lot of people would sing, what are some songs that, is there that we can think of now? Um, they sing and say, you know, all these songs that one day we'll get to heaven, you know, to a place of glory one day. 
And Paul is saying there is a the mystery is this. You are the glory. The glory is in you. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. If you can catch this revelation and can open up your eyes, you'll realize, but wait, I'm not worried the whole time about this little thing and that little thing. If Christ be in me, you cannot change someone's life unless you change their mind. The problem is their mind is set in cement with doctrine and theology that's been preached to them. And they may feel evil. They may think that Jesus is coming every red moon, every September of every year. And they... I think Pastor Alan said he was so scared. <laughs> Looking at the red moons thinking, Jesus is coming tomorrow. What does it do? It makes you live in fear. Any child that lives in fear. So God has been used to put people in a fear. We can say, no, no, no. He is waiting for a victorious church to rise up. That I can come in the church and come and appear to the world. I haven't even gone into that. I'll get to that maybe later in the conference. Because the Bible says you will come in the clouds. So with me, in the clouds. We think in the clouds, a, a cloud is going to come down from heaven. Everywhere, every single time, probably more than 20 times more than that, when the Bible speaks of a cloud, it says a people. So the word cloud in the Hebraic language meant people. It meant judgment and people. So Jesus doesn't say I'm coming on a cloud. I haven't gone into the verse. He says, in a cloud, I will come back. Meaning he's coming in a people. He's coming with, another translation would say, with the people. But he's waiting for the church to rise up. Because he's not coming for a defeated, and he's not coming for a church. He's coming with the church. Because when we say he's coming for a church, we think he's going to come and take us away. And we're going to go to a place of glory. No, 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 he created this earth. And you will rule and reign here. Whether the elements are going to burn up and there will be a new earth and a new heavens, that's a theological debate which no, no one has settled about. But what we know right now is that there's an earth that we are in. He is coming not to take you to some distant planet. That is Mormonism. I'm telling you, Christians think, believe some Mormon doctrine. What is a Mormon doctrine? What is it? That we are sons of God to the way that Jesus is, to that degree. So... And then we're going to go to some planet. He's going to rescue us to go to some planet. Huh? It's like an alien thing, a little deer. That's where it's coming from. No, he's coming with the church to return to a victorious church to occupy and to set his rule and his reign fully. He's already set his rule and his reign in at the cross and when he was seated at the right hand of the Father. So we say there's a kingdom now but not yet. Meaning it's going to come fully in manifestation. But it is already here. That's why you can be seated in heavenly places while you're still living on this earth. But if you have this mindset, understand this mindset. The devil will make you have warfare. I mean, then God will make you have warfare from a victorious place, not a defeated place. The devil wants you to have warfare from a defeated place and not a place of righteousness and a place of victory. There is no way we argue with a devil. And if a devil wants to argue, then the person has to go. Are you guys with me? There's no way God negotiates with the devil. So say with me this mystery in us, 
Verse 27. Go through verse 27. We'll close with this one for the sake of time. But only because I'm really a quarter in. Verse 27. To whom God would make known that what is His riches. Say with me, His riches. Of the glory of this mystery. Saying this mystery. Among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of of glory. So he's saying this mystery that I'm trying to bring you is that Christ is not some far off distant person and God is not a far off distant person. No, no, no. When he left the planet, he Christ stayed behind. Jesus went to the right hand of the Father. <clears throat> and Christ was left behind. In what way? Would the Holy Spirit come from above unto us? Are you guys with me? That where you walk, Christ walks. Where you talk, Christ talks. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me do this just for the sake of, just to close this off. Colossians 2 verse 9. Colossians 2 verse 9. I'll close over this. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness, simply the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. And you are complete in Him. Say with me, I am complete in Christ. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. You are perfect. You are complete. You are mature in Him, which is the head of the principality and the power. Stand your feet, stand your feet. Let's go to the last verses to, to close this off. 1 John 2 verse 24. Stand your feet. So 1 John 2 verse 24. Listen to this. As I just, just watch the wording as I read it to you. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Concerning them that are trying to tell you this is not so. But the anointing which you have received of Him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing that teaches you of all things and is the truth and is not a lie, you shall abide in Him. So understand the word abide. Say with me, abide. He says, abide, 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 abide. Verse 28. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear. I'll close with this. Read this for me slowly. Say, you and now. Children. Abide in Him. Yeah. Stop right there. Let me read it to you from my side. And now, little children, abide in Him. Abide in Him. So that He shall appear. And that you may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. There's a difference between the appearance and His coming. How shall He appear in us? And when you abide in Him and He abides in you and you understand the truth that you don't work to abide in Him, He said when the Comforter comes and the Holy Ghost comes, He abides with you forever. Which means He is in you and you are abiding in Him and He's abiding in you. And when this happens and you shall see then He's appearing, you will look at one another and you shall see Jesus Christ.
I'm not saying you are Jesus replacing the Christ, but we are the body of Christ. He is the head and we are the body. So we are Christ. Are you guys with me? And I always say this for the sake of error, that we are not in error. You are not Christ, but we are Christ. If you are in the body, you are part of His body. That's why we partake of communion. We partake of His body, that we can be part of His body. Peter says that you are divine partakers, that you are partakers of this divine nature, inheriting these precious promises that has been promised to you. But how to be a partaker? Say with your partaker. How do I partake? It is to abide in Him. And I says, when you abide in Him, then He shall appear. And when you shall see His appearing, because you understand that He abides in you and you in Him, you will have confidence in the day of His coming. Stand to your, keep standing to your feet. Let's go 1 John 3 verse 2. 1 John 3 verse 2. Read this for me. Say, Beloved. Now. Pierre. How? Now. When He shall appear. He, this is our reach. But now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. When is this appearing? We say, no, but one day when we go to heaven. Let's go 1 John 4 verse 17. 1 John 4 verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness. Say with you, boldness in that day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Not in the world to come, but in this world. Which means when you see Him, you will realize you have always been like Him. He is waiting for you to abide and understand this revelation that you are in Christ. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Come on, hey guys, give me a praise offering wherever you are. Do you understand? Stand to let me pray for you. Do you understand what I was saying this morning? And I only did a quarter, so I, it is too much to, to go on. Let's stand to our, to our feet. Tonight, as we get into the conference, we're going to be ministering to a lot of people, prophesying, ministering, laying hands. We're going to get into the four times that Abram, that light came to Abram, and every time he received stuff, we're going to get into the appearances of God. Say with you, I'm ready for habitation. Say a continual visitation. Raise your hands to the Lord. Raise your hands to the Lord. La rosca vreke de na maske de la bayetonske tae. Le rosca avreke keske vredonoske da baya. Le brosca rekenaske de le betiatena maya. Le da rosca vreke de le benama roske de le benama broske de la bayetena maya. Le rosca redele baske de la bayetay. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your presence rest upon your people. Let the glory of God come out of our bellies, flow like a river water, 
like a river full of life. I pray that we will operate out of a place of rest and not a place of works and trying to do, but a place of being. That will operate out of a place of inheritance, not of a place of hoping. That will operate in a place of abiding, not hoping to abide or escape and go to a place one day, but to understand that in our midst and in us is the kingdom of God. That even when they asked your son, where is the kingdom? He said, it's in our midst. And I pray that even as the kingdom is in our midst right year as we gather together that there will be supernatural visitations manifested explosions of your presence pockets of your power in this place that beep everyone under the sound of my voice will come with faith and expectancy a hunger to know more of you, a hunger to encounter you. And I pray that according to our faith that you will enter this place. That Father, I pray that your glory will be made manifest. I pray for light to come upon every single one. I pray for us to walk in our inheritance as if we have, knowing that we have already inherited, that we live in the rest of the Lord. As your word says in Hebrews chapter number four, that we have entered your rest. That as we take this revelation, we know we take it to our businesses, to our workplace. That there is a greater promise and a greater inheritance than living only on minimal wage. That if you've given us the mind of Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily living in us, that there is much, much more to us than what the eye can see. And I pray for the habitation of your spirits, the habitation of your glory to rest upon us, to be in us, that wherever we go, we are a Christ generation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a 42nd generation, the Christ, the generation that had the mystery hidden, but it is revealed to right now, which the prophets foretold and spoke about, which angels spoke to people about, which you spoke in the old covenant, speaking about a people that will come, a people so full of light, a people so full of fire, that everything in front of them will be burnt and everything behind them will be burnt because when they come, they come with a fire of the Holy Spirit inside of them, knowing who they are and who we are. That we know that we are your building, we are God's building, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the, we are the architect and we are the building, we are your garden. In Jesus' mighty name, Holy Spirit, I pray for your presence to be with each one here. Go with them even as they go home and I pray tonight, let the thickness of your glory be here. Let miracles and wonders and signs be done in this place to glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's give a praise offering, church.